Hello and welcome into the What's Up Peoria podcast. My name is Nathaniel Washburn and I'm coming to you from the Amplify Studios at our main library. And welcome into the latest episode of What's Up Peoria. As I said, I'm your host, Nathaniel Washburn, and I'm here to give you all the information you need to have so you can be where you would like to be when all of our events are going down. And as always, I am joined by amazing guests, and I want to introduce who we have in the studio today. I am joined by the new executive director of TheaterWorks, Mr. Chris Hamby. Say hello, Chris. Hello. Thanks for having me. You bet. And... I am so excited to have Mary Lou back. Mary Lou Stevens, our illustrious director of the Arts, Culture, and Library Services Department. Say hi, Mary Lou. Hello. Hi, Mary Lou. <laughs> Thanks, Nathaniel. Glad to be back. I'm so excited to have you back. It's always awesome when you come and join me over here in the morning. So I'm, I'm really excited to have you back. And I am excited to have Chris here. Chris is going to talk about all things theater works and PCPA. And we might even ask him a little bit about his... Uh, his journey in theater and see if he can share some of his stories and give some of those young uh aspiring artists out there some some you know hope and tell <laughs> tell him what to do to become as successful as he's been he's laughing right now <laughs> <laughs> all right so as always i'm going to run down just a few events that we have going on October has been just incredibly busy and crazy, and it's coming to an end here. We have just a, a week or so left in October, but it doesn't mean the events stop because we have tons going on. Um, actually, this weekend, we do have a couple of events I want to talk about. So first off, tomorrow at 10 a.m., uh, we talked about this last week. We are unveiling our third story walk over at Rio Vista Park, and that happens at 10 o'clock. That's going to be really exciting. We hope you can come out for that ribbon cutting and see our third story walk. Also going on tomorrow, talked about this a little bit last week, um, but this is a big event. We have the Halloween uh, Monster Bash that is happening over at the sports complex. And Mary Lou, what can people expect with that? Uh, the Monster Bash is one of our signature events in Peoria, and it is full of fun. So we have music by Brock Pro Entertainment, um, their Monster Mash concert. We also have trick-or-treating, and we have a sensory room for those that need to take a break and um, maybe need to have, you know, lower sensory environment. Um, we also provide treats for those that on the Teal Pumpkin program. So if you can't have sweets or sugar, we have other treats available. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. We try to make this a very inclusive event and it's for everybody so ages baby all the way up to you know grandma and grandpa can come on out and have a great time and by the way just people watching and all the costumes is my favorite <laughs> thing absolute favorite and there is a costume contest oh there you go all right are you going to be in costume of course okay so there you go here, here it is here's your assignment get out to the halloween monster bash and you have to find Mary Lou and find her costume. That that's it right there. This is like a, a secret covert mission you have to do when you come out and is this and, like find Waldo? Yes, it's find Waldo, but more like find Mary Lou and, and then you report back, you know, report back on our library Facebook page what she's wearing. That that would be kind of cool. So uh, find Mary Lou, see what she's wearing, see what her costume is. Very cool. We'll make sure you get out there. And I believe that starts at five o'clock, correct? Five to nine? All right. So five to nine, Halloween Monster Bash over at the uh, Sports Complex, which is a great, uh, awesome venue for this. So make sure you get out there. Going to be great. Uh, the following weekend, next, uh, be a week from tomorrow, the 29th, we have the um, Boo Bash going on at Park West. I've talked a little bit about that. 
then we move into November, and obviously the beginning of November is uh, we celebrate Veterans Day, a very, very important day. The Veterans Day event that happens at Rio Vista Park. And Mary Lou, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we do have a wonderful memorial at Rio Vista for our veterans, so if you haven't checked that out, I highly recommend it. Um, and we do celebrate those um, those members of the military that have their names on our memorial wall. And so we will have new names going on the wall again this year, and that's part of the, the celebration. As a matter of fact, um, we will have a flyover this year oh, of wow. F-16s. Very cool. So, and as cool. you said, the memorial out there is great. There is an actual helicopter that is out there as part of that memorial, which is unbelievable. That's correct. That's in the John McCain Plaza. Yes. Very, very cool. And uh, I think this is great. I love this event. I think it's great. The, the, the memorial wall, it's, it's not memorial because some of the names on there are, you know, people that have served and and yes. are, are some of them come out to the event. So yes. it's really, really great. Uh, it's this, for active and also those have served. And yeah, so it's for anybody who has served in the military. Very, very cool. Thank you for to all of you out there for your service. And we're looking forward to celebrating you coming up. Uh, and then after that, on the, um, I believe it's the 18th, November 18th. 19th and 20th. 19th and 20th. I'm sorry. Thank you. So the 19th and 20th. This is really, really cool. We have the first ever Peoria Art and Wine Festival. Did I get that right? Got it. <laughs> okay. The Peoria Art and Wine Festival. I have to ask you to expand on this a little bit. So what we're trying to do with our event grants is bring these types of events to Peoria. You'll have seen this event before at Kierland Commons. Um, they do it around the state. It's the Wilcox Wineries, and it's a fabulous event. Um, it's going to be right over here downtown in Centennial Plaza, which is a gorgeous place to have an event. And parking is right there, and it's free. So all you have to do is pay your admittance to get in and you get a wine glass and you get to taste wines and enjoy the beautiful weather and see great art. So, you know, nothing wrong with that. That's cool. And it's happening at Centennial Park. That correct. Is correct. Okay. So that's right here on our main campus. Mm -hmm. Make sure you make your way down because this is, the, as I said, the first time we're doing this and you're going to want to be a part of it. It's very, very cool. I will definitely be making my way out there. Me too. <laughs> Chris will be there too, right? <laughs> I'll be in rehearsal. Oh, <laughs> darn it. Well, that's Chris, right. Chris is always in rehearsal. So, so then Mary Lou are going to fill up a glass of wine and bring it over to him because he'll probably need it if he's in rehearsal for a long time. So we'll definitely do that. So, uh, and and um, I did skip one event. I want to bring that up. Second Saturdays, the second uh, Saturdays. Um, this will be the second event right you of can the year. count on it every second yeah. saturday of every month from october to april awesome and that will be happening uh, on the uh, 12th of november so just wanted to, to bring that in want to leave that one out that those are always awesome and i know the first one in october was was great so Fantastic. yeah so mm -hmm. uh those are great to, to get out to uh so those are all the events that are happening um a lot going on still october was busy i think november is going to be just as busy tons of things to do so make sure that you find your way out to, to these events to have a good time. All right. So we are going to move into the interview portion of, of the program. And we're going to talk to Chris here, Chris Hamby, the executive director over at TheaterWorks. And uh, TheaterWorks uh, does all of their shows out of the PCPA and PCPA, the uh, Peoria Center for the Performing Arts. And I want to make sure I say that because we use the PC, we throw it around all the time and not everybody knows what that is. But Chris, thanks so much for being here. How are you doing today? I am good. I am. Uh, 
I, you know, anytime someone makes me do something before 10 a.m., it feels a little bit like a punishment, <laughs> but I'm happy to be here. I appreciate that. I, hopefully you got your coffee this morning. The uh, line I'm, was too long, so I didn't. Oh, so no. I, was like, oh. I should have brought one for you. I'm a terrible host. I should have brought a coffee for you. I, I'm the same way. I need my coffee. So I uh, definitely understand that. Well, let's start out. I just want to ask you to start, you know, tell us about theater works and the history of theater works. Uh, you know, what's the story? Yeah, um, Theodore's has a pretty rich history, and so I'll, I'll try to truncate it a bit. But um, in 1986, a very charismatic man named David Woe um, had this idea uh, to uh, bring a theater to the Northwest Valley, uh, really identified that that was, that was missing. And with a group of parents that he interacted with at a church, through youth programs and things, um, the story as it's been relayed to me is that a lot of them mortgaged their homes to sort of pool the money together. Um, and within uh, four months, uh, they had a venue and were already starting to um, put together a first season. So uh, David Woe, uh, you know, really did some incredible things in those early years. The first home of TheaterWorks was the tack and feed barn that you see over on Thunderbird by the Banner Hospital over there. So. I actually performed in that barn yeah. as a kid. So oh I, I did. I used to do summer theater over there and I, I'm very familiar with that barn. So you're right. There is that rich, rich history there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it sounded like that place was popping all the time. It was hot in the summer. I remember that, but it was awesome. No air conditioning in the barn? You know, it's funny. The, the, the air conditioning would go out all the time. And so you'd be in these summer shows and you'd be, and you're a kid, so it's not that, it wasn't that bad. But I, I remember David, the poor guy just sweating profusely <laughs> because he was a worker too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was nonstop, but yeah, that, that that's unbelievable. And then it's, it's transformed. Yeah. Um, it sounded like they quickly grew out of that space. And the next home was, um, the strip mall, not too far from here at 91st Avenue in Peoria. Um, where lots of great things happen. That's where I was introduced to TheaterWorks as a kid, was was there in that space. Um, I have strong memories of a million performances of the best Christmas pageant ever happening there, <laughs> just like, oh. Every year. Uh, yeah, every, every year, right? Ev and people everywhere. Um, and then um, in 1997, um, David passed away. Yeah. And so um, that was the first big part of change for TheaterWorks. So, um, the, the leadership changed hands a few times. Um, that space unceremoniously sort of got closed down. Um, and TheaterWorks moved out to the Lakes Club, which was sort of very far west, sort of was lost for a little bit. But um, the chairman of the board and the city started the conversations about what would a permanent home look like for TheaterWorks. Um, and that's where the conversations and the dreaming of the PCPA started. And then through um, uh, a bond and, and through elections and things like that, the, the building was built and has been uh, the home of TheaterWorks since I believe around 19, uh, 2014? 2007. Oh, geez. Yeah, of course, 2007. <laughs> I was there in 2014. Yes, yes, 2007. So um, TheaterWorks is very blessed to um, be one of the few theaters in Arizona that live and work in their space. Right, right. And so um, it's, uh, I think, a great relationship between a municipality and a nonprofit about um, to be able to really make it a home for community arts. I agree. And I think 
theater works brings so much to the Peoria community and does so much in the community. So you're right. It is, it is a, a, the, the perfect combination of uh, a great space and an unbelievable theater company that puts, puts on wonderful shows and does a lot for its, its community. And for, for almost 40 years now. Yeah. Know. Right. I mean, that's a, I think that's, that can't be understated how important that is in the longevity of theater works. Yes. And, and uh, I think, you know, seeing how it's kind of blossomed and, and grown and now under your leadership, it's doing even more. Um, I think that the best is ahead for theater works. So absolutely. And I, and I think after 40 years, we're starting to see these legacy continued on, you know, um, uh, I went to the, the Scottsdale center for the arts gala a few years ago and Matthew Morrison from Glee and Broadway was the headliner and he got up and he told this story about, yeah, I used to live in California and my aunt and uncle were stationed at Luke air force base and my parents would send me to Arizona and they would send me to theater works for summer (laughs) camp. And he was talking about theater works and it was like this amazing thing. And, um, you know, we have a, a, Many theaters have been blessed with his presence, but Sam Premack, who was um, a young actor around town, did several th- shows at TheaterWorks, um, just closed out the Broadway run of Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway, wow. you know, and all of these people are coming from our community and going out into that that bigger arts world and, and being able to tell our stories along with theirs. So it, it's pretty pretty amazing what's, what's happening in uh, uh, in, especially at that community theater level. Yeah, and you had mentioned you've been doing theater in Phoenix for a long time. You're you are a homegrown, you know, arts hero, theater hero to a lot of people because you've been doing this for so long. Um, you've been grinding in this business for a really <laughs> long time. So, what inspires you to to create different the different art that you do? Because you take you take shows and you you do it in a different way. So, what inspires you? What moves you? Uh, I th- I think two things, and and to not sound trite or hokey or silly, you can, you but, can do that on this okay. show. That's okay. <laughs> you know, I um I've I'm one of those people that really believes that theater does work. I yeah. I was a kid that um had a troubled home. Um, you know, I was a kid who didn't enjoy going to school, and and if it wasn't for theater, I probably would have dropped out and not because I wasn't a smart kid, but it was like, I didn't enjoy that environment. I didn't enjoy being there, but the theater was the thing that kept me grounded and kept me uh, focused. And I didn't know that then, um, but I certainly know that now. Um, And so uh, I know what it did for me. And so every day I wake up and I go, you know, I, I don't know who it is that it's reaching right now, but I know it's reaching somebody. And sometimes we hear those stories and, and probably more often than not, we're, we're not hearing those stories and, and that is okay. But I know the work that we're doing is, is making a difference to somebody. Um, the other thing is that um, I want to challenge people's, you know, notions of what community theater is. I think that there is some sort of negative connotation to that in some people's heads that they're like, oh, these are people that don't know what they're doing or the sets are going to fall down or, or something. <laughs> I think we're like, here doing a happy dance right now, by the way. <laughs> so that's pretty thank you for that. Um, and so TheaterWorks is, um, you know, made up of all kinds of people. And, and I think that it is... Uh, it is open to everyone, what, whatever your interest level is. There's some sort of access point through our organization. But I also think we're putting up a high caliber of, of production. And so um, 
don't don't let that word uh, mess you up, community theater, because I think it is just about as professional of an experience as it can be. Um, and that just means that our actors are not paid actors. You know, it means that our actors are coming from, um, you know, teachers, police officers, doctors, lawyers, you know, a whole different sort of um, arrangement of, of folks that their bills may be paid in a different right. way, you know, but but their their passions are still uh, fulfilled through through their time at Theaterworks. And I think that's the a perfect way of saying that because if you haven't come out to see a show, right, a, a, a Theaterworks production, I challenge you to do that so you can see exactly what Chris is talking about. It's it's the caliber of show that's put on, and I I. I really appreciate what you're saying with community theater because I agree with you. People hear that and they go, okay, it's community theater, right? And then you come out to one of these shows and you go, this isn't community theater. This is really, really good, high level. And I, like you said, is close to professional without that title. I think that you can get to. And it's not just the performers. And there's some really unbelievable performers that are in Peoria. There is some, these people come out for these shows and, and they audition and you go, wow, I didn't know we had this kind of talent. Yeah. But to me, it's also the production. And I think that's where you have done a tremendous job of taking production to another level and making things not just community, right? That these are really professional grade sets, production levels, sound, lights, um, the detail that goes into some of the sets that you do and your ideas with things like puppetry and um, just the prop work. It's amazing because that does take it to the next level. It's um, it's hard to do what you do. <laughs> it is hard to do. <laughs> yes. And, um, you know, and I think, gosh, I'm blessed. I have a whole lot of people helping me make it all happen every day. Yeah. but And, and that I think is a, a a testament to you though to put a, a group together like that and then keep them together and keep them coming back and i think people love that they want to be a part of what's happening at theater works and so they do give their time their talents and their energy to it so i think that says a lot about you too so very very cool so what kind of advice would you give to to those young artists whether it's the performers or even more people who aspire to be uh directors and and get into the production side of it as I said, you've been doing this a long time. You are established in this community in Arizona regionally, right? What kind of advice do you give to those folks? I would say uh, it's never too early to um, start making the connections and, and the friends and, and all of those introductions that um, also look look outside of your school if you're able to. I know not everyone is able to, but just about every community probably in Arizona has some sort of other uh, theater uh, near it. So get out there, even if it's just seeing those shows. Um, I think some um, people, uh, especially young people, don't realize like you can make a career out of this. It, it may not be the easiest path <laughs> ahead of them, but but you can make a career out of this, and it, it can pay your bills, and it, it and it can st- sustain you and your family. But um, start to get out there and and meet people, and to learn what you like and what you don't like, because. Uh, for example, I always thought I would be a classroom teacher, and I did that for a year, and I thought. Man, I'm glad I didn't really pursue that because I didn't really <laughs> love that. 
you know, <laughs> but, funny. but I, I needed to learn that for myself. Um, but you're also a teacher in many ways I was in say, what you yeah, do now. Right. And that's what's unique about what you do. And I think I have taken that skill set for yes. sure. Um, so uh, all those young people out there come and come and start seeing, seeing work, read, if if you if you don't have access to it, come to the library. Uh, Thank you. Find <laughs> find the books. Read the plays. Read about things that have happened a long time ago, so it can help you really prepare yourself to make the theater of the future. So. I like that. I think there is a. Um we're lacking a little bit the celebration of history in theater, right? It, it Theater has evolved so crazy over the last 20 years, right? And we're seeing this constant evolution. Uh, you know, they've, they've re, revamped Oklahoma and they're, you know, the, the classic Oklahoma. And some people like it, some people don't, but at least it's evolving. And even if you don't like it, you have to appreciate the evolution of what's happening right but now. But that's, that's the case with art in general. Right. You know, it, no one, not no two people are going to have the same impact, uh, opinion about right. art. And that's why art is so cool because everyone can have their visceral reaction or their opinion and how that impact happens. And that's what I love is whenever I go see a show, the, usually the first person I call afterwards is Chris Hamby <laughs> because we have very, fascinating conversations about what we've both experienced and I think that's the excitement of art in any form is yeah. those conversations that you have after and I'm sorry go ahead Chris I, I was just going to say and I think you know that's why there's not a, a performance museum where people just doing the same thing over and over <laughs> right, again yeah, you know exactly. because, because it, it is evolving and it is changing all, all the time and and it's also almost intangible and ethereal is that it is just there for that limited amount of time and right. that show will be done again somewhere else but the it will show, never be done. The show changes done. based on the yeah, audience. But it'll Absolutely. Be, yeah, and it'll be different and that kind of takes me to what I want to talk about next because we talk about evolution and we talk about how um, you know vision creates the the show and it creates the experience and covid was a was a tough time for everybody but you took you took that time to absolutely evolve and change and we have curiouser and curiouser which was um to do a show during covid was like people were like huh what are you sure you want to do that and chris <laughs> yeah. said yeah i do and this is what i want to do so tell us a little bit about that and that how that all came about uh, well, right now it feels like a fever dream, but uh, <laughs> well, there's a documentary about it. I, I think, right? There is. So it's yeah, really cool. There, so there is. Tell yeah. us, you tell us about that too. But sure. tell us how this all came about. Um, really, it, it came about a, out of necessity. Of of um, we were about to have our uh, annual fundraising gala. We had a show in tech. We had four shows in rehearsal, and then nothing. And you know, we all know we all lived through it together. But at first it was like, oh, a week, two weeks, and then, you know, a month, and then, oh, this this wasn't going to change anytime soon. And um, the theater went dark, no performances, no gathering of people. Um, uh, eventually my staff got furloughed, and oh. so it was, okay, how... I'm responsible for these folks as the leader. Um, you know, how do I make sure they're keeping their health insurance and paying their bills right. and, and you know meeting their mortgage? And so, um, really, it was a statement from from our mayor here in Peoria about gatherings of ten or more um, was actually the impetus of like what got my brain cracking and firing. And I went, what what have I done as a theater person uh, in 
as in 10. And I thought, I have done immersive theater experiences. I have had theater experiences with only 10 people. That that actually was like the best thing right. I heard, whereas everyone else, I think it was probably the worst thing. And for me, it just so, sort of unlocked something in my brain. And so I sort of went down the, the experiences that I had and how could I uh, create my own version of that. And so, um, as as you said, there is a documentary and we talk about like, oh, I thought I was going to do something with pirates, but I don't know anything <laughs> about the pirates. And so, um, so you chose? I chose Alice in Wonderland to be our theme. I, after a little bit of polling, I thought, you know, I think that is a story that resonates with all ages. And so at the time, I didn't know what this was going to be, but I thought that that intellectual property, that story hits on many levels, whether you know it through Disney, whether you know it through Tim Burton, if you actually know it through literature and reading it, that, you know, lots of generations were acquainted with that. So at the time, there were only three of us on staff working, wow. and um, I was uh, going to work every single day to an empty building, like for months. I could not not be at work because that's where I did my job, and I did not know how to do that from home. I did not know how to do that from my couch and so um and so i i pulled my uh, then managing director was like hey i have this idea um she's like i don't know what the heck that is but i trust you <laughs> and and really that became the theme of curiouser was a lot of trust a lot right. of trust from um our board of directors a lot of trust from the staff um a lot of trust from the city of peoria um for my vision of transforming this space so you know uh theater normally happens in a very confined area and it is very controlled we're in the proscenium and that's what you see and you're always you know 20 feet away um, and for for this piece we're going to mo be moving 10 people at a time through um, about I don't know I think we calculated about 25,000 square feet or something wow. of, of space um, and so it was it was quite an undertaking and so uh, and ultimately, it was is quite a success. It was a success for theater works to be not only making art, but it actually became popular art, and it, it sold out. Um, uh, so we did it again, and then we did it again, another iteration. <laughs> and I think, I think it was around five thousand people that we moved through these experiences. Ten, Ten people, people at, at a time. That is unbelievable. Yeah, that's sort of like the key there. And so it it, it is will be my legacy, I think, for for theater works that in 20 years, people are still going to be talking about this thing that we did because it was so impactful for our organization, but I think for our community. And um, it got a lot of press for us. We had a story in the in Forbes magazine, which, you know, for an arts organization to end up in a business <laughs> journal was, was a big deal. Um, but it kept us alive financially um, and really allowed us to rethink who we are as an organization, that um, we have this long history. And TheaterWorks had sort of looked the same in terms of programming for much of that history until until that curiouser time and coming out of it. TheaterWorks, I think, feels a little bit different. Yeah, and I think it, it can't be stated enough what that did for people during COVID because people couldn't get out. They couldn't do the things that they normally would want to. And to be able to have this immersive experience kind of let you forget about COVID 
for a while. And I think people needed that so much at that time um, because a lot of people weren't leaving home. A lot of people weren't working. A lot of people weren't having interactions. So I think there's another level there too to talk about when you talk about legacy. I do think in 20 years, people are going to say, this was an amazing experience. And on top of it all, it gave people hope. It mm-hmm. gave people something to do. Yeah. Um, and that's when I go back, when I say you've done a lot for the community, that's the one that sticks in my head immediately is what you provided people at some of the darkest times that we've gone through in recent history, right? And I, th- I think if you are a theater person or an active events person or whatever, that that little bit of normalcy, I think, did us so much for people um, that I don't think we recognized again right in that moment. Um, but but afterwards, the the stories and just them coming out in droves um, just to have a little bit of normalcy during that time. It was the buzz. I mean, it was yeah. it was all well, the and talk. coming out multiple times. <laughs> right. Many yeah. people came back multiple times because they heard, oh, if you're a a different um, track, so to speak, you have a different experience. Mm. And uh, the other we could do a whole podcast just on Curious. <laughs> I, we could easily. And I will say that for me, uh, the challenge was, um, you know, uh, convincing, convincing city f- folks to make sure that this was not going to be something that we put barricades around because we had to make sure and allow that creativity to happen in a space that was designed one way and now was going to be used a very different way. Right. So it involved many, many departments. And I remember the first night I brought a group of um, city personnel to the uh, production. And I had been involved in some of the rehearsals and things and just kind of answering questions and kind of bouncing ideas off of Chris. And I was sweating through the whole thing because <laughs> I was so nervous. I've, n- I've never been that nervous performing. Um, and I will say afterwards, the response was just overwhelmingly positive and kind of almost in awe. Like, how, how did you do this? Because I will be clear, like, they didn't have a huge budget for right. this. They, yeah. they figured this out on a shoestring. That's yeah, and, and I, w- I was sort of going to touch on that too, is that you have to remember uh, this didn't happen within days or anything. This was this was <laughs> right. months into time. the pa- pandemic of of the the germination of the idea, the the creation of the skeleton of what this was going to be, the build out, the rehearsal, and then finally getting it to performances. And so all that time, there's no money coming in. Wow. You know, yeah. um, there's that's no, tough. There's no money coming in, and so um, uh, we knew that. What uh, I, I I sort of mentally did this asset inventory, and it. it Funds were not on that list, but uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the things that were on this list was a, a wealth of talent. We have so many talented artists, mm-hmm. whether that they are the makers of the things or they're the doers of the things um, and this space that we are blessed to work in. So those were our top two assets that I had at my disposal that um, allowed this amazing thing to happen. And can people um, see the documentary? How do they catch this? Because I think this would be really cool for people who maybe didn't get out a, a chance to get out and see it. How can they kind of live that experience? Yeah, um, good question. Um, we do have a VIP event that will be screening it to the public for the very first time on November 9th. And so if there's actually anyone 
on this call that really is interested in that, you can find my contact information and I can get you an invite to that. It's not open to the public right now, but um, we probably could find some seats. It will be available soon okay. Um, okay. For, for mass consumption. And ultimately the hope is that it will end up on a, a PBS or something. Nice. So, so really our entire Arizona community can have access to that. So there's any listeners out there with PBS connections, give me a call too. <laughs> yes. Definitely. This would be something we want people to see. And, and um, as we get closer to that, we can always get you back on when it's released and, and we'll definitely get you back on to, to talk about that a little bit more in depth. So, right. so uh, just switching gears a little bit that, you know, we, like you said, we could go down the rabbit hole, no pun intended, <laughs> yeah. on Curious Sir. We could, we could spend hours on that because it was so amazing. Um, but I do want to talk about what's coming up at Theater Works and, and the PCPA in the next, uh, you know, we do have the holidays coming up. So uh, one to, to find out what's happening. What can people come out and see? Sure. Um, we are back with uh, Christmas Carol, which is um, one of our traditions at TheaterWorks. So uh, a reimagined Christmas Carol, new sets, uh, mm -hmm. new magic, new costumes, a, a, a really a new vision. So even if you have seen theater, uh, Christmas Carol at TheaterWorks before, I think this one feels quite different. Um, and then uh, going into the new year, our education programs launch back up. Theater Alive, which is our musical theater training program for, for young folks. And then our big spring musical will be uh, Disney's Hunchback of Notre Dame. Nice. Very big undertaking for for us um, later uh, in the in the spring, The Lion King, which will be a, a youth performance summer camps and then actually from our curiouser experience we've created a a, a new series called uh, after dark which is a little bit edgier a little bit more contemporary and so we have two shows in that season uh that will be opening in the in the spring as and, well and we, that starts in the spring and yes. that's more for you know we want to be clear that's more for adults i think i talked yes, to you about this probably before. for 18 and up okay, for so, sure which yeah, is which yeah. is a, a different experience yeah, right because absolutely. You know, we, we, that's what I, I really love about what you're doing over at Theater Works because Lion King, great. Hunchback, great. It's not for everybody. This gives you uh, access to a different audience. A absolutely. And it gives, it gives, you know, Peoria residents and the surrounding communities a chance to come out. And I like something edgier, something different. You know, that that's a very cool thing yeah, to do. I, I don't know if art has to be for everyone all of the time. Right. As long as there is art for everyone at some time, that there is something out there for everyone. Not everything has to be for you as long as I do have something that is well, for you. Well, I couldn't you. have said that better. <laughs> that was brilliant. I, I, is that a quote somewhere that was really <laughs> well, well you know, said? You know what's great about that is that that's really where I see government and local municipalities coming in because our job is to bring a variety of art and support a variety of right. art so that the community can pick and choose all the wonderful things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very similar. Not to, to uh, you know, play to my myself here, but that's what the library is, right? There's something absolutely. for everybody. And, and there's some things on the shelves you might not like, um, but somebody else might. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we struggle with that at times because, you know, there is something for everybody. Um, here in these buildings that we have and that's what that's our purpose goes back to part of that mission of inclusivity right it's, absolutely it's really important and it's not something we just say it's something we live right mm -hmm. and i think theater works is living that too absolutely. i think that it's just and i know you guys do a lot of really cool things um you know like uh, pay what you can night right so what is yes. that all about 
Well, a pay-what-you-can night is is fairly common in the theater industry, and we just twisted it a little bit, and we call (laughs) it Peoria Appreciation Night, because what we're trying to do is break down barriers. We want people to come and experience theater and art, and sometimes cost can be a barrier. More importantly, sometimes, even if you afforded the ticket, got your seat, and you're in there, and then you didn't like the show... Now you're angry and you want your money back. And what I want to do is say, come experience something and it's okay if you don't like it. Have an opinion, negative, positive, anything in between, but experience lots of different things. I mean, I don't love everything that I see, but it makes you a better connoisseur of the arts to see things that you like, you don't like. And what Chris said earlier about figuring out what it is that you do like and what sets you on fire and what makes you passionate is really the key. How are you going to know that if you only see things you like? So now if you come and you've only paid $5 for a ticket and you walk out and you go, ah, that wasn't really my cup of tea. That's okay. You've now added another element to your critical thinking and your ability to experience art. How great is that? And that's inclusivity at, you know, its finest, right? That, That we're going to break down these barriers and, Anybody can come and see this and enjoy it. And I think that's an unbelievable thing that Peoria does. So very cool. And theater works, you know, being being um, okay with that and doing that, I think is really, really cool. So uh, let me let me ask you the last thing is uh, I want to obviously give you a chance to promote theater works a little bit here. What, what if for those people that want to get involved, you'd mentioned, you know, hey, come on down, get involved. How can they get involved? What what uh, you know, what are your what website can they go to? This is your. This is your promotion uh, okay. chance here. So. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, uh, theaterworks.org, T-H-E-A-T-E-R. I remember that. E-R, a W-O-R-K-S.org um, is, our, is our website, theaterworks.org. Um, but yeah, whatever, whatever your passion, whatever your interest is, whether that is um, volunteerism and you just want to usher you want to help out with events you want to man a table um that is an opportunity available our auditions are open to everyone whether that is you've done a hundred shows you've been on broadway or hey i did this in high school or i've never done anything and i just want to give it a try that door is open for all of those experience levels um you want to take an educational class to gain some skills we have those opportunities for adults and and um young people um i think once we get back into the full swing of our programming we've had uh uh programs for seniors we've had um uh, programs for folks with disabilities, um, the very young, so sort of the whole range. Um, right now, we're still gearing up from the pandemic and, and getting all that stuff in full swing again. But um, call me if you want to paint a set, <laughs> you want to, you know, volunteer on a running crew. All of that, all of that is available. Um, we really want TheaterWorks to be an access point to the arts. Um, in our community, um, for the for Peoria, for the entire West Valley, for Arizona, um, I think that uh, I think our our goal at TheaterWorks is to be the the best professional theater company, community theater company um, in, in our entire state and in our region. Um, and uh, 
through other means, I am working to make that happen on a, on a national level as well. All right. So theaterworks.org, they can find your contact information, yep. uh, information about all the tif- different programs, obviously the shows uh, with the holidays approaching. Christmas Carol is great. And I think it's cool. You're, you're changing that up a little bit. So tons to see. And, and Chris went through the spring um, events as well. So there's a lot happening, a lot to get out and see. Um, and, and if you haven't had a chance to get out to theaterworks and experience it, this is your chance. This is there's some really really great things happening. Get out and enjoy the experience. There's there's a, a really great things happening. And Chris, I want to thank you for for joining us today. This was awesome. Kind of walking through your journey and then the journey of TheaterWorks and how you've you've gotten to where you are as the executive director, which is new for you. How long have you been in that role now? Uh, in that role since. Ch- July 1st. All right. So, so, yeah. so and, and already, you know, I mean, you've been involved forever and, and your vision has been there forever, but this is, this is new and this is going to be able to, I, I really truly believe this is taking theater works to new heights. And I'm Thank really you. excited to see you in this position and congratulations uh, to, for that. And, and moving forward, I definitely want to have you back on because there's so much to talk about. So we will definitely do that. Um, I want to thank you for, for um, coming out and being a part of uh, our podcast here, Mary Lou. As always, thanks for for coming out Thank and joining you, Nathaniel. me. I appreciate it. it's always great when you're here. So, <laughs> again, make sure that you are uh, you are subscribing to our podcast. We have tons of information, great guests that are are coming on, uh, like Chris, who comes and just kind of pulls back that curtain. Again, no pun intended. Uh, pulls <laughs> pun back that, intended. Uh, that was a good one. Right? <laughs> um, pulls back that curtain and then gives us a chance to kind of you know see what's happening in 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 government and in what's happening around our our uh, great city here. So. Until next time, make sure you tune in to all the different episodes we have where we uh, drop one every Friday for you. And we're really excited about this. So make sure you're listening to the previous episodes. Chris, thank you. Mary Lou, thank you very much. We appreciate you. And until next time, this is What's Up Peoria. Get out there. Get to some events. We'll see you next week. But on my